Hello and welcome to Relationship Goals Question Mark. I am Amber Zackham. And I am Daniel Zackham. And welcome back to this week's podcast. We're not even getting it to you late. Nope. Nobody's mad at us right now. We're not mad at each other. <laughs> There's a verse for everything. <laughs> um, and if you guys listen to our New Year's Eve podcast or New Year's, sorry, New Year's Aspirations podcast, you heard that we briefly dabbled in talking about having children potentially at that some point. True, yeah. So on that note, we would like to introduce our first guests of season two. So exciting. Um, we are welcoming Derek and Alexa Welton. So welcome, guys. Hi. Hello. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're so excited so to have excited. you. First guest of this season and only third guest overall. Yeah. We're starting, third starting up the year, you know. Yeah. Doing Very it right. Excited. Yes. People love our aspiration of mine since season one. So. I know we've <laughs> talked about it so many times. We're so excited to have you guys on. Yes. Sweet. Yeah, I feel like our episodes where we have guests, people love them and we promise them all the time, but it's always hard for me because we like last minute decide on podcast topics. So I'm glad we finally yeah. were able to get this. Yeah. Going. A little bit of procrastination, but we were finally able to pull it off after some time. So exactly. Well, I feel like we should start out by Danny talking about you have been friends with Derek and Alexa since the early days of college. And why don't you talk about how you met them and then we'll go into how they met and, you know, we'll just go on from there. Okay. So I may have met Derek and Alexa even the same day moving into the dorms uh, my freshman year of college, which was 10 years ago at this point longer longer than that yourself daniel 13 14 years ago oh my gosh <laughs> 14 years ago <laughs> you guys are older than me so. we were just little kids back then <laughs> we were. i remember i went out with alexa that might have been like the first weekend or the first night people went out yeah you me nick and my roommate hannah Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been probably like the first night. How deep do we school. want to dive into this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually <laughs> scrolled back really far on both of your Facebook pages, and I found a really funny picture that, Alexa, you posted with you and Danny and like a few other people that I didn't know in it with like clip art that you put on the picture. Oh, oh yeah. And so I saved that, and I'm going to post it on Instagram oh, just because no. it was too funny. <laughs> That was a cool thing to do. It was. It was a thing back then. Yes. So scrub your Facebook profiles, people. I went deep you. for it's both deep. of yeah. you. That's <laughs> deep. It's deep in Facebook. I know a lot about <laughs> the two of you just from the fact that I stalked both of your Facebook pages back to freshman years of college. It's very telling of a person. <laughs> yes, it really is. So now that you have told us, you know, when you met Alexa, talk about um, how you met Derek. Yeah. So Derek was our other friend, Steve's roommate. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So, Hmm. yeah, they were they were the original roommates with Steve, Steven, Stefan, and then Kevin. That was the original foursome. And then one of them moved out like the first month of college. And then I moved into that room. So. Kind of quickly met Derek and became <laughs> friends and started going out and hanging out with him and his brother and shenanigans and whatnot. Yeah, you so. were living in the basement of Emmons, weren't you, Danny? Yeah, with with Joey. 
Oh, Joey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Memories right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so why don't you two tell us then how you met? Because I feel like it was shortly thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, probably like Dan said, like probably all on the same day. People were just meeting. We were leadership safari. Danny, I don't know if you did that. I did. For for those unfamiliar with Central Michigan, there's a thing called leadership safari, which is like an optional thing you can do prior to your freshman year to get the vibe of campus life and meet people and do team building activities and, you know, learn the CMU fight song, which none of us probably know anyways. Not Uh, one word of it. No, I don't remember a single word of it. (laughs) You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, we were leadership safari people. So we were on campus even, I think, a few weeks before most of the other freshman students. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we met them in leadership safari actually. So pretty early on. And then we lived in the same dorm hall, Emmons. I was in Emmons 119. I don't know what you were. Uh, 106. Yeah. So not very far. So that, oh, not yeah. far at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we used to pass each other. And I used to like to go rollerblading and Derek's room was on the corner of like where the stairs were. So I would ride my rollerblades up the stairs and then sit in his room. He had like a nice recliner that I would just use it to take my rollerblades off. <laughs> nice like, recliner. That thing was like- It was bad. You remember the old teal old chair that hung around for 10 years? I do. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to sit there and take my blades off and hang out with the boys in That's- 119. I feel like yeah. so many things in the story are dating us. Yeah. Rollerblades, yeah. honestly, recliners in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least teal colored ones. <laughs> that thing survived. That thing funny. was a survivor. I love that. Yeah. So then, when did you guys officially start dating? Oh, God. I don't know when exactly the official like Halloween status happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I think Alexa was dating some other guy in her also he was back in those days um now we used to go hang at my brother's house in Deerfield all the time Deerfield Village and uh I invited Alexa over there one night Danny's aware of the air hockey table story that's an infamous night in this I even know the air hockey story (laughs) (laughs) even Amber knows about the air hockey table um but yeah, we, we kind of started hanging out more and more. It all started with year. a little spiced apple cider. <laughs> As the best romances do. Yeah. <laughs> we made out on the air hockey table for hours. Oh, yeah. For hours. Very <laughs> romantic. Yeah. yeah. So it's a young and... I was going to say, I feel like just, just being able and... to make out for hours tells people how old we were. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. No phone interruptions. Yep. So true, was flip that, phones. Yeah, yeah, it was the time of flip phones. It was. Getting in between those two. No, well, that's, I mean, obviously it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Stood the test of time, obviously. I yeah. love that. So you've been dating then since, what year was that, 2009? Eight, yeah. 2008. 2008. Oh, yeah, because you guys are a year older than me. Great yeah. older than me. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to believe we're even like the same people. Yeah, it is. It's hard to even imagine that long. Sometimes I want to tell Derek stories about college, like, oh, this happened, and I'm like, you were there. You You, you know it. You you know it. (laughs) Well, that's funny. So then I met you guys in 20. 
2011 or 2012. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so I remember meeting Derek, I think. There were a lot of uh, drunken nights. Yes. And I don't know if I can pinpoint the first time that I met you, but I feel like it might have been at the bird. That sounds right. 100 percent. There's a there's a very high likelihood and probability like it was 99 percent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of the, the meeting spot for most people. Exactly. Yeah. Dandy, Steve and myself back in the late well, yeah. days. There wasn't a lot of Thursdays that I wasn't <laughs> at, the bird at 4 p.m. when it opened. And I mean, as our listeners know, I would just show up there to stalk you. So I'm sure Derek was there at some point when I was stalking you. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And then- we, we kind of meandered after, you know, a little while from our corner. And then I think I met Alexa at the Bellows house. I feel like, oh. yeah. Okay. So like shortly after me and Danny, I don't know if we were like officially dating, but like once we started seeing yeah. each other, I feel like I was there one time and you were there again. I can't like exactly pinpoint the memory but i just have a feeling it was there absolutely i remember it pretty well and i was like i don't know why i was like nervous to like me so bad (laughs) and i was nervous you weren't gonna like me or thought like it was gonna be weird and then i just i feel like i loved you immediately (laughs) i feel the same so that's so funny i wish i i'm sure i was nervous too probably because anytime i met any of danny's friends that like weren't on the tennis team i was always like Oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm sure meeting like the only girlfriend of the group was probably very nerve wracking for me. Yes, I know. I just remember, yeah, being like, oh my gosh, I really hope she likes me. This is a big deal. (laughs) Like, I don't want to blow it. (laughs) We're such good friends. Dan and I are such good friends. I knew I would love you because he obviously has good taste. So, but it was, I do remember, I remember like being really nervous. Like, Amber's here, like at the house. And yeah, in that house was, um, the bellows house beautiful house quintessential disgusting college house it was like the split level it was like the split level from the game of life like it was literally the 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 one that survived yeah the foundation was literally like cracking in half and when it would rain water would just dribble down those sides and it would just flow the water in the basement would be just five inches of water Well, okay, we've kind of covered how you guys met and how long you were together. So let's talk about, um, you guys got engaged the same year we did. So 2014, that's uh, Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys had been together then, um, how many years is that? Six? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, six years. Yep, and then you got got married in 2015. I just count your anniversary and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and isn't Cece's birthday like right? Um, on the same day. On the same day as yeah. your anniversary. Yeah, we had her on the same day. That is, it's always so crazy to me with like people that have kids on like the same day or like have them on their own birthdays or like having them on your yeah, anniversary. Was, like, of all things. <laughs> and especially for her because like we fought so hard to get her. I just felt like it was a meant to be. I guess let's talk about your relationship before we switch over to kids. I, I'll, you know, I know we're talking mostly about kids tonight, but I just have, I feel like one question before we have you guys talk about your journey to children. And um, I feel like for anyone that knows you, they know you're both super laid back and you're both very um, independent and you've always kind of done 
you know, obviously you do a lot of things together, seeing as I, you know, stalked your Facebooks, so you've gone on a lot of trips <laughs> together, you spent extended amount of times in Hawaii, but you guys also do a lot of things separate. I mean, when you lived here, I know Alexa was working a lot, but we barely saw you for like an entire year <laughs> yeah. and we saw Derek all the time. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I, I just kind of want everyone to hear about is that something that you guys kind of set out to do in your relationship or did it just kind of come naturally that you have, you know, these like you, you it's obvious that you're a couple, but it's um, you know, you live independently or before kids, you were very independent and did your own things as well. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a conscious decision on either of our parts. I just think it, relationships generally work better when each person's kind of empowered to go do their own thing. I don't think I ever feel you know, distrustful if, if Alexa's out on her own or doing her own thing. And I think same with her to me. Um, but I just think it's, it's kind of the dynamic we've had since we've been together so long, we kind of know to trust each other and uh, just, just kind of do what we've always done, which has always worked for us and not really change it up too much, regardless of yeah, whether I... our status changes to married or with kids or not. It's just kind of the same thing we've always done. So mm-hmm. And have that balance to like for him to be able to explore his interests that may not necessarily be my interest. Like I'm not going to change what I like to do for him or vice versa. And that isn't necessarily like, I love all of his friends and I do enjoy spending time with his friends, but then also having to do my own thing like work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's usually not by by choice that mm-hmm. we um, just have schedules that tend to fluctuate. I uh, work weekends and holidays almost all the time. Uh, just the nature of my job as a speech therapist in the hospital. Um, but that's just what makes our life work out well. But also mm-hmm. knowing how important it is for us to have a little bit of separation and um, to be able, we can't always be doing the same thing at the same time all the time. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's... <laughs> It's so healthy. And I think that's also too, you know, why as like a foursome, we get along very well um, with you guys, is I feel like we kind of have a similar attitude towards, you know, the things we like, and there's a lot that we like to do together. But there's a lot of things we like to do apart as well. And that Mm -hmm. includes doing some, you know, fun guy trips and girl trips and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I'm glad, um, you know, you made some good points there. And um, I feel like, that's part of the relationship goals journey is talking to couples about this kind of stuff, because I think there's so many people that uh, focus on like shared interests with someone. And I think you got to have your own hobbies and interests and got to, you know, be able to go out and have your own time to, I don't know, just be yourself and do your thing. Absolutely. And I think that keeps your relationship interesting. Like I'm curious to like, I can't wait when he gets home from going somewhere to like hear how things were. Like, what did you talk about? What did you do? Otherwise, I mean, if you're always together, always doing the same thing, it kind of gets stagnant. And so even like with different interests, whether it's sports, like I like to passively show interest in what it is that he's (laughs) doing, but I necessarily don't want to be engaged in that and vice versa. And so I think it gives like good opportunity for communication, which is important. Absolutely. I and mean, we've been stuck yeah. in the house for 13 days, not doing anything. And look how that's going. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, we're not stuck anymore. <laughs> but, we're back. we're back. but we're back. Amber's back. <laughs> Wait, imagine going to jail and then 
being able to leave for one day and then having to go back to yeah, jail. Yeah. <laughs> you broke your probation. Sorry, you're coming right back. We're right back. We, we're right Turn back. Turn right back around. <laughs> so you're thinking about having kids on that note. <laughs> yeah, well. This not year- a far off. Not a far off isolation. I think that's been like the funniest thing about like quarantine and COVID and the pandemic is realizing my life has changed very minimally. (laughs) (laughs) This is just what being a new parent is. Mm -hmm. It worked out timing wise for you guys for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I said like we we actually timed this perfectly because we would be doing the same thing. Really, exactly. The the kids they just take up so much time and. like we went to Costco today, right? That was that was supposed to be. We'll go to Costco. We'll grab some essentials and we'll have dinner there, so we don't have to deal with cooking and, and whatnot. And then, like fifteen minutes into Costco, it just devolves into a shit show, <laughs> as it always does. And it's like, okay, now I remember why we never go anywhere because. This is <laughs> and you get the the eyes of people that haven't been there staring at you, like, "What's the matter with these people?" Like, if you only knew, you know. <laughs> Yeah, That's and we're so just looking weird. at each other like it's worth it. We're gonna keep going. Would I be one of those people staring over there looking? You would one hundred percent. Oh yeah, maybe. I mean, and, I used to yeah, be. You guys but... like what? Why can't these two control their kids? Little yeah. Bit? Why did you bring yeah. them out? Yeah. With my hands up in the air, just like yep. what Shut is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what was the point of bringing them out? Yeah. Just trying to get, get a hot dog, like a constant <laughs> hot dog. Churro. You know, yeah. soda. It's a great deal. Um, <laughs> and then she fell off the table and like <laughs> her head on the ground. And I have people looking at me like they're going to call child protective services. Like, you don't understand how difficult this is. <laughs> like, show some grace, people. You're like, come on. I know you've had kids. Whatever. <laughs> They bounce right back at that age. She's not. She's not going to be seriously impaired. I promise. Speaking of your kids, um, and uh, we did talk with Derek and Alexa about this before, so we're not just springing these questions on them. We have permission <laughs> to talk about your journey. But um, I know you did do IVF to conceive both of your kids, and I just wanted to know if you guys wanted to, you know, just tell us a little bit about your journey, and then maybe just kind of how it, re- you know, affected your relationship. In the beginning, obviously, I'm guessing it changed once you were um, on to baby number two, Miles. But um, yeah, why don't you guys just chat about that a little bit? Yeah, so having kids, I think I always knew I wanted to have kids. Like before I was even married, I just I'm very maternal. You guys know me from college. I was always the one cleaning and taking care of whoever's throwing up in the bathroom and um, going that route. So I think it was no surprise to me that this was the way our relationship was headed, especially after we got married. But we did want to wait a couple of years to just be married and have it be the two of us before we really started trying. Um, And once I realized, I mean, I kind of have always had like some hormonal issues and things going. I wasn't 100% sure what, how easy it was going to be for me to conceive. And when my doctor started telling me that my lab numbers were looking like that of a 50, 60 year old woman, I knew like, maybe we should start trying sooner rather than later. How, how did he put it that time in Dallas when we met with him? 
that I was old lady yeah, on the inside. Old, old lady on the inside, young, young woman on the outside, something like <laughs> yes. that. I'm sure yeah. this was a male doctor because oh, yeah. doctors yeah. would never put something like no, that. No, they never would. <laughs> yeah, he kept saying, you're old lady on the inside, young woman on the outside, like over and over. And I'm like, okay, like it's not going to be awkward. Like, <laughs> mind yourself. So after years of birth control, I got off birth control and we tried for quite a while um and like no success and everybody I talked to was like oh yeah like it should be you know pretty easy so I go back to old lady doctor and <laughs> he's like oh we'll get you started on some medications I'll, I don't know how familiar um you or any of your listeners are with IVF but it is like a whole infertility is a whole journey of steps and medications and trials and tests and running this and that and so I started you know dabbling into that area just to see if I could give my body a little jump start. And uh, actually it worked pretty well uh, right away. I started um, on a medication to help me ovulate and I got pregnant, but unfortunately um, the fetus implanted on my colon and I ended up having, and it was like a, a rare ectopic pregnancy and I had to have surgery to remove that baby, unfortunately. And that was, that was really hard. And mm -hmm. we can absolutely talk more about that if we want. Um, but that was really our first experience with a pregnancy. And then unfortunately having it end in such a, a terrible way. Um, yeah. It was like a serious medical thing. She, I mean, bad things, really bad things could have happened if she didn't catch it on time and surgery was involved and all kinds of things. They didn't know if she was going to, they're going to have to remove you know, one or both ovaries. So that would have pretty much ended any chances of, you know, having a natural birth there. And right. it was just, it was a mess, not something that was ever really, you know, thought of when, when we thought of, you know, having children. So yeah, that was, that was kind of a major bummer and a step back. And I don't know how, how hard we were trying at the time, but it just kind of reinforced that this is going to be a really difficult thing if it ever does, you know, happen naturally. Yeah. absolutely and I think that um you know like you said I don't know how familiar we're not super yeah, familiar with no. uh, you know infertility at all at least not yet you know knock on wood but I feel like um this is something that you know isn't talked about a lot you guys being young and healthy and you know it's something that people think about when people are trying to conceive in their late thirties and early forties. And at this time you guys were in your late twenties. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, the fact that you're talking about it, we yeah. are very thankful because I think it's oh, going yeah. to be something that people will resonate with for sure. Absolutely. And I wish mm -hmm. at the time, like, you know, hindsight is 2020 and it was so prior and nobody talked about this. I never, I, I mean, I was young. I'd never heard of anything like this happening before. And now I wish I would have been more open at the time as I was going through this, just, you know, to share my story. And even now, like I probably should go and, and I try, you know, if I see comments, like I'll post my story and I'm in a, a bunch of Facebook groups for people and try to share that. But at the time, like I felt so isolated and so alone and I could, you know, like tell my feelings to Derek and but it, he was experiencing it totally different than I was mm -hmm. having to be strong for me and to watch me go through that and I'm sure it was very scary for him yeah I mean I had no idea about any of this stuff either even like before I started IVF especially it's just like you don't know what you don't know and like anything that has to deal with reproductive 
like science is just completely lost on probably most men, probably most women as well. I mean, it's just like yeah, not something yeah. that you ever think of. It's you just think of, you know, we're going to try to have a baby. And most people are just like, oh, we tried for a little while and then we're pregnant and then it all works out and nothing's really ever thought of. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, nothing really went as planned. I don't think there was really a, a plan to begin with. I mean, we were sort of trying, I guess, but I never really thought too much of it other than, you know, just doing the normal thing. And then that all happened and that kind of, yeah, uh, just kind of changed how we thought about everything that was, you know, going on with that situation. Yeah. And financially, I think that's where it kind of got scary because, you know, our insurance only covered a small portion of these procedures. And then that, then we had to have a real conversation of like, how important is this to us and what are the plans going to be from here? Yeah, absolutely. Job wise and work wise. And um, so that was a big deal. And we actually ended up, that's when we moved to Chicago um, to, you know, really think about starting a family plan and Derek ended up getting his new job, um, which we didn't really know at the time had really amazing benefits um, in fertility treatments um, that ended up blessing us <clears throat> with IVF. Yeah. Wow. Then, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that's, yeah, that's, um, I didn't even realize that IVF was covered by any insurance. So. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get, I mean, you can bring as much politics into as you want, but certain States require insurers to cover certain reproductive health. I mean, te- Texas, obviously they don't mandate that employers cover anything. because Shocking. It's yeah. Texas and you don't, you don't, you don't tread are, on your rights. Yeah, so, by that. Uh, yeah. That's a whole different podcast. Illinois is completely different in that regard. So that's another thing that mm-hmm. you don't really think about, I guess. I mean, why would you think about that? But Right. Um, so we would have had to probably save. I mean, if had we stayed in Texas and, and gone down the path that we ended up, I mean, you don't know what you're getting into, but there's no way we could have afforded even after five or six years of just saving yeah. for that. We're very, very fortunate. I mean, I think a big reason, part of the reason why we decided to just go ahead and do it when we did it was because my job literally covered 100% of every single aspect of IVF. I mean, we paid nothing. That's like, amazing. Zero, I think- like zero dollars for like the storage, the procedure, the, yeah. the, the lab work, anything, the medication um which is incredible i mean it's kind of unheard of and i also know that was tough too because you you guys really liked texas and weren't necessarily looking to leave because you really like built yourself a little like nest and home down there Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. you know having to you know get up and move to chicago was you know big i never even think about things like that like obviously like knowing you guys and you know we have we obviously know the background of some of what you're telling us, but I would have never even, you know, I, I knew you guys wanted to move closer to family and things like that, but you know, I don't even think about the small details that go into decisions like this where you're like, okay, you know, what does my job cover? What does the state allow? Those kind of things I think are super interesting. And another aspect of this that will be, I think our listeners will also really appreciate. Absolutely. And I mean, the conversations that have to come from this and the compromise and the argument, I mean, the arguments we Mm -hmm. fought and like what was important to me and to him and what, and my, I loved my job there. I, that was really hard for me to have my job. And uh, I mean, it was just constant back and forth, but ultimately, I mean, we did, we, we loved 
our time in Texas and we had really good friends down there. We had, I mean, the weather obviously is awesome. We did. We had a really, really good kind of home. But anyway, this is a lot of conversation that has to come from that. Sure. And I mean, just for any, anybody who doesn't have a lot of money, just financially, I mean, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars if people aren't aware for IVF. I mean, 50,000 minimum, 60, 70. I mean, it can, it can run tens of thousands of dollars and it's just mm -hmm. for people like just normal people. It's like, if you want a family and you have to, where IVF is usually the last resort because it's so much money. Right. And it puts you in a really, even if you want the kid that badly, you can put every other aspect of your life in a bind because obviously financial stress is the number one, you know, issue for most couples, mm -hmm. marriages, whatever. So yeah, it's not just like the physical and mental toll. It's just that the money is of IVF is insane, I think. And hopefully, um, you know, it'll, it'll go down the more widely accepted it is, but it's just not there yet. And I think maybe even the more people talk about it, yeah. you know, um, I think it, it takes conversations like this to, you know, bring awareness to it. And then that's how it's the little conversations that spark the bigger ones. So I think that even, you know, you guys talking about it right now is probably going to be, even if it impacts one person, I feel like really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I didn't write this in the questions, so if you <laughs> don't want to answer this, but it came to mind while we've been chatting. Um, while you were going through the process, did you ever consider any other alternatives as in adoption or um, maybe just not having kids at all? Yes. So for me, I always knew I was going to be a mom to something. I mean, you can buy me a potato and tell me this is what you <laughs> Well, you have your dog, Calvin. Yeah, well, Calvin. <laughs> he is the first baby, 100%. And honestly, I don't know that I could have gotten through any of what we went through without him. Like, he has been my my buddy, my pal, till I die. He's, yes, the best art till he dies. <laughs> um, You're going to make Alexa cry talking about Calvin. He, he's the yeah, boy, the bestest he's, of boys. He's the best boy. He's <laughs> yeah. been here. We, we love him, too. We agree. <laughs> Yeah, so probably you could have bought me like five Shelties and I would have been okay. <laughs> Sheltie breeders. I but I think that. I always would have been like searching for that. And to me, adoption was always on the table. I never would have. And like, even now, like if that is where life decides to open those doors, I would absolutely be open to that. I don't know that you feel the same way. Yeah, I never really I'd considered adoption. I don't know what it is i just always wanted my own kid i guess i always wanted my own child but or not i i didn't i mean right. I, I don't know that much about it still i don't know how the process is i don't i don't know you know how you get matched up with children and how, how it all works I, I just i always thought in my mind i'd like to pursue every possible avenue to avoid going there if i could so um that's that's kind of where i was at i was I would, I would probably never rule it out, like, you know, absolutely, because I knew, you know, it's always a possibility, obviously. Right. But probably, probably the last possible option for me personally next to, you know, no children at all. I, I, I resonate with that because yeah. I think... Um, That's something we talk about. We talk about and we have talked about on the podcast before where I feel like we've always been um, kind of on the fence about kids in general and we've swayed one way or the other over the years back and forth. And I feel like just for the last couple of years, we've 
been, you know, much more grounded on the side of wanting to have kids. Mm -hmm. But I also have talked, you know, I might, it might change as I experience it. But I think for me, I don't know how much I would pursue having kids if we can't have them Mm -hmm. easily, which, you know, like I said, could very much change once we start the process. But I think I agree with you, Derek, that I just, I don't know for me if adoption makes sense. So I, I, I understand that completely. Yeah. And, you know, it is still your child, obviously, you know, it's just biologically, I don't know. It's just the mindset. I think that I, I would have a hard time getting my head around, but um, if you really wanted it, you know, it's, I, I think it takes special people to do that kind of stuff, you know, really selfless and really, really compassionate people. And um, anyways, 100%. maybe that's for others and not me. Um, not that I'm not, you know, <laughs> I mean, a compassionate you, person. You are those uh, things. I just, just, I just feel like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can show it differently. Yeah. It's just a mindset. I had my mindset that I wanted, you know, biological children and I, I'm glad it all worked out. Yeah. Let's say that. And we can open a whole can of worms because with IVF, there's egg donors and sperm donors and you can get embryo donation. And so, I mean, we had to have a lot of conversations on like, how far do we want to go? Like, or surrogacy. I mean, that's another, uh, another option. Like if I wasn't able to carry it, would we, you know, donate or, you know, explore surrogacy? Um, And then now, so on the flip side of this, we now have seven embryos um, that are on ice for us to do. And obviously we aren't going to have seven children. Um, So that's, I mean, these are a lot of space. Seven little waltons running around. Just give them all all a chance. Just just stick them all in, see what happens. Of course it happen. Tell me optimum. (laughs) um God, yeah. yeah yeah I mean so there's just a lot of conversation between us that we have to be open with each other and and respect each other for that you know just because our um opinions don't line up and especially with things like adoption where I'm like yes I would do that in a second and I want to explore that he doesn't and so that's you know over like a line that I have to respect and um vice versa you know he's been very open with me throughout everything and then we've really pushed hard to grow our family and I know that's been hard on you in a lot of ways so I think yeah yeah it's a lot of communication absolutely and I'm sure obviously um I feel like people look at you Alexa and can even if they've never experienced it understand you know what you had to go through but I'm sure um, a lot of people don't think about the fact that, especially, you know, when you had your ectopic pregnancy for Derek to be able to not only, you know, go through the emotions that you're going through, but also have to watch his wife be in a potentially life-threatening situation. Mm-hmm. So you guys had a lot of different components working in yeah. this entire process as well, that even people that, you know, have done IVF might not have experienced mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it took us many cycles to get to a point where, you know, IVF worked for us and that was hard. I mean, it's just, it's so much that unfortunately we are just always handed like a kind of a rotten card. Um, It's worked out for us in the end, but going through that, you just think like, how are we ever going? Like, what is the end going to look like? And when does this end, right? Yeah. What is there? Like, how, how deep are we going to get into this? And at what point do we say, you know what, that's enough. Um, 
which I feel like we were kind of approaching when we had Cecilia. I was ready for a break. I know he was definitely ready for a break. Mm -hmm. And we kept having negative cycles after negative cycles. My body just wasn't working. It was physically taking like everything from me. And this is a lot of the time when, um, you know, sometimes you guys would go out and I would end up staying home because I wasn't feeling good or yeah. whatever it was. Um, physically, I was really struggling. And then he had to watch me go through that. And so I think we were kind of at the point, it's like, you know, where do you draw the line? And just thank goodness at that time where we were kind of at our, what I thought was our rock bottom, uh, we ended up conceiving Cecilia. Mm. And well, it's funny. I remember uh, it was our our like joint birthday party yeah and oh at the italian yeah. restaurant and you weren't drinking yeah and we all kind of like whispered to each other like hey like finally yeah. yes yeah like she's over there in the corner not drinking anything i'm always drinking everybody That's who knows right. me if i'm not pregnant i'm drinking so it's like a dead giveaway yep. cool. yeah i know my yeah. sister actually my sister libby was with us that night and she texted me from the other end of the bar she goes Alexa's not drinking just FYI <laughs> and I was like I literally texted Danny and I was like oh <laughs> she's a sharp yeah. it might it might have been believable if it wasn't also your birthday <laughs> yeah that's true that's uh, yeah, true for sure I think I tried to pull like oh I have to work tomorrow yeah like no <laughs> that never stopped me before <laughs> so, so then um between Cecilia and Miles was conceiving miles i know you did ivf for him as well was it easier or was it just because you knew were what more, to expect yeah, yeah we kind of knew the plan and the pattern so i never went back on birth control between them and i knew i wanted kids close together um just for planning like family planning and then just knowing financially again derek's job like things were kind of all up in the air like if we wanted to move from Chicago we didn't have any flexibility and we wanted I mean I hate to say like it was all about the benefits like let's maximize this while we know I um, mean living in manage. living in this country if we get some health care for free you should take it oh, that's yeah. why I don't take know whatever you can I'll take every COVID booster they give me it's free yeah. it's the yeah. only thing I've ever gotten Keep for free in the arm. Right. It. and that's kind of how our thought process was yeah it was like hey it was, it was the railroad benefit package it's been <laughs> probably collectively bargained back in the industrial revolution that stuck around somehow because <laughs> all the all the were dying on the job yeah that's probably why the benefits are that as good as they are right hey you guys obviously we love she was a great baby and we were like mm -hmm. totally on board with having another one pretty quickly um my brothers and i are three and six years apart so i knew for our family that i wanted to have kids relatively close in age i always enjoyed that about derek's family who he's got brothers two years and two years um yeah. so i didn't know how long it was going to take us to try again um so we kind of jumped right into it around her first birthday and it was very easy um from that point on actually a lot easier than we expected like first time I went in actually so I started my medications and I went in for my first what they call like a baseline mm -hmm. and I was already pregnant with him um oh. before so, so how, eight, how far apart are they they're 18 months okay so yeah, yeah. quick that is quick <laughs> yeah, it was, close, yeah it was really close so we um actually didn't use an embryo for him he was what we call a natural born <laughs> Um, baby so I was on medications okay. uh, to start IVF and then he was a, a surprise in there my doctors were floored and 
they again told me because we had conceived him naturally and we found out really early and his like hormone levels were super, super low. And they were telling me it was going to be another ectopic pregnancy. Um, and we were devastated, uh, told me it probably wasn't going to be viable. So we were just waiting to have another surgery. And I'm like, you know, one more thing to throw on top of everything we've already been through. And I mean, we weren't really excited for his pregnancy, unfortunately. Um, it wasn't, I think, until I was about two months along that I could really um, like, okay, this is real. This is happening. It's, it's going to stick. He's mm-hmm. going to you know, make it. So I, I felt like that kind of overshadowed a little bit of that excitement of like, hey, this was easy. Emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quickly too. Yeah. And then you kind of have like PTSD after all the shit you've been through. Oh, before. I'm sure. Oh my God. I don't know how anyone that has any sort of struggle, you know, getting pregnant or, um, you know, having a miscarriage or, you know, the millions of things in between ever relaxes their entire pregnancy because- no right yeah i I don't i would be like so nervous and i know like being nervous is actually like worse and then you're thinking about like well me being stressed is actually the situation (laughs) you're stressed about being stressed and it's just this like never (laughs) (laughs) so that was hard again when they're telling us like here like this baby's not gonna make it sorry it was very surprising when miles uh, like came along just because there was a lot like I was really heavily involved with the first IVF cycle for Cecilia I feel like and then with Miles it was like it just kind of happened and it stuck and everything kind of just went smoothly you and know after you also didn't go to any of the appointments because of COVID well, yeah, so you a- don't know <laughs> so because of COVID he was conceived like right in the middle of the pandemic um, spouses weren't able to like go right so it was kind of just up to me to have to do everything on my own and do all the scheduling and all the testing so I, I would tell Derek like here's what I'm doing but mm-hmm. you didn't have to come with me or you couldn't come with me that's and you're that is yeah that's really tough <laughs> so you guys have just had a lot of things happen a lot of curveballs yeah <laughs> yes yes so yep life um, goes on <laughs> what, what are you gonna do these pandemic babies, though, let me tell you. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of pandemic babies out there, I imagine. Oh. Like the well, COVID there was a spike. It's the, yeah. it's the, you know, millennial baby boom, essentially. Yeah. 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 A, lot of, a lot of time alone inside. What else do people do? You know? <laughs> I know. All of this IVF yeah. wasn't for lack of trying. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a little sound bite to put in there, like yeah. something like, sexual (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well we really appreciate you guys talking about you know that part of your relationship and becoming parents I know that that's not easy I know that um you know talking about it in general is emotional and you know we really appreciate it it's you guys are I know um Derek jokingly said that you guys are our token um uh couple with kids <laughs> and oh. so we we don't have a lot of people mm-hmm. in our lives that have kids that are our age so we you know and especially people that we are close enough with to have a conversation like this so we really appreciate yeah this part of it and um I do have a couple more questions that we'll talk about but I want to switch gears a little bit 
to, um, you know, a little more fun aspect of your time with your children now that they are both here earthside. Yeah. Because you two did so much traveling, especially during the pandemic, especially with Cece. Um, And, you know, we've talked about how independent you both are and how much, um, like I said, from my Facebook stalking, how much traveling you guys have done both together and apart. But I want to hear a little bit because for me, one of my like major goals, if slash when we have children is I want to jump right into traveling to just kind of take away the like fear of it all. Um, And I know you guys got on multiple planes and you flew to Hawaii with Cece as a baby. So I just want to talk about, you know, tell us about traveling with very young kids. And if this was also like one of your goals when you um, brought, you know, Cece and Miles into the world. Yeah. We are both struck with the travel bug. That's for sure. I, I think Alexa's got like this, this saying that someone told her that, you, you have to make the kids fit around your life instead of making your life fit around your children. Um, mm-hmm. Which is just, we, we still want, you know, wanted to go places and do things and didn't want to leave that part of, of our relationship behind, you know, with how young we are and how many places we still want to see and we haven't been. And so um, we just, I guess, kind of wanted to make a priority to once we had Cecilia first was to just not, do what we see a lot of younger parents do, which is basically let them dictate your lives, which is like, we're never going to leave the house now because it's too much work. We're not going to go on a trip because it's too much work. We're afraid of them, you know, traveling with them. We're afraid of putting them in an airplane. We're afraid of how this is going to work or, you know, just going and kind of doing your own thing and your kid's going to come along with you and they'll, they're going to be fine. Like they're going to go along with you. They're going to experience what they're going to experience they don't really know any better. Right. I mean, she, Cecilia is so young during all this. I don't think she's, she's had any harm done to her. Um, and I think ultimately we'll look back and, and definitely appreciate, you know, having her along with us. And I think it'll be uh, better memories because of it ultimately. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And uh, I mean, before the pandemic, we went to California and went to Joshua tree national park, went to San Diego and Palm Springs and, she was like three months old. It was pretty crazy. Looking back on it now, like we had her in, in a pool in the hotel and like, she was, she's a baby. Like she's really, <laughs> we had her like swimming as a three month old. Uh, and people were probably looking at us like, what the hell are you people doing? What's wrong with you? Like the uh, same look they give you at Costco. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. They don't know. I never yeah. thought of it. Like she just started, like, I never, I never thought, thought of it either. about just like, like a, this wasn't yeah. a thing that I was going to do. She's yeah. like, a little accessory. She's like, it's my birthday. <laughs> we should go on a trip and let's go. And what brings a seal along? Why not? Like, yeah. she's free. She flies free until she's two years old. So, you know, that's, that's take advantage of that. Yeah. Another you thing you should definitely take advantage of. I think people probably know that. Free. I'm telling you, if you can get yeah. IVF for free and you can take a baby <laughs> on a plane for take them. <laughs> and even before that, what do the airlines give you for free? Like, if they give Nothing. you something for free, you take advantage of it. Just yeah. like the government. <laughs> you get, I mean, it does take a lot more planning and like looking at the fine print of the rules, what you can have. And I just want to say thank God for a Facebook marketplace because what I've learned to do is instead of like packing all the junk with you, can I say shit on here? 
Yep. That- of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Taking all the baby shit with you, like just buy it where you're going and then sell it again. Like, oh, that's smart. It's I awesome. never would have yeah. thought about that. This it's is like great. a random question, but how do you Uber with a baby or do you not? Um, I don't think we have yet. We have rented a car. We take a lot of public transportation, like okay. going into places that have public transportation or we just rented a car. So an interesting thing we did uh, a couple of times is we brought Cecilia's car seat as a carry-on piece of mm-hmm. luggage and then just strapped it into one of the airplane seats and just strapped her into that seat. So then we had the car seat that was a free piece of carry-on luggage and it's also her seat on the plane and she can't move or go anywhere because she's strapped into it. Um, taking advantage. It's just so taking like, advantage. Just, of the like, just bring it. Just life hacks. Oh, and hacks, when they're like, like really tiny in the carrier, you can't, I have brought that in the Uber several times. Like I mean, okay. just, you just buckle them. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's I always really- wondered that because obviously like, you know, if you're Ubering somewhere, like say to dinner, you can't like, have a car seat with you at a restaurant so i wasn't well, like when they're a baby like probably even miles still fits in his carrier you just put him in the carrier and you Smart. can carry that everywhere and it mm-hmm. goes in the car it goes so we bought the nuna pippa for specifically that reason because it has the european belt path mm-hmm. that you you don't have to have like a base with it or anything like it just carry it on these yeah. are the tips you guys yeah. are looking for. Yeah. I yeah. promise like you guys that. tips. Yeah. Are you guys are revenue on this podcast. Yeah. Like her mentioning Nuna Pippa. Can you like. Yeah. Can we please get a sponsorship? Thank you. <laughs> yes. I've been trying to get a sponsorship since the first episode. It's usually alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah. usually. It was Red Stag was the first <laughs> one we tried. So. Appropriate. Well, now you're going to be uh, getting a lot of baby stuff. <laughs> we'll just. We're, you know, the podcast is evolving as we Shifting evolve. Shifting gears. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Any other great travel tips for you know traveling with young kids i probably have so many um alcohol is a necessity and just being patient like always in my head i just prepare for like the worst case scenario and it usually happens actually (laughs) that's great but i hope but i remember one time we were our flight was delayed and we were stuck in, I think where are we going to hawaii cecilia was like a year old so i think we were on our way to hawaii and I was newly pregnant, extremely, um, well, it's not hungover, it's morning sick. I had really bad morning sickness, which feels like a hangover from hell. And I was in um, the airport with her in the little shop trying to buy her some snacks or something, whatever. I had like his suitcase, my suitcase. I think you were going to get food mm-hmm. and she has a meltdown in the middle. So she's, yeah, probably just roughly 13 months old. And she's throwing herself everywhere. And I've got two suitcases, two backpacks, her car seat, everything. And she throws herself on the floor and then proceeds to have a blowout in the middle of the little bookstore at the airport. And there's like people everywhere just looking at me. And I thought, yeah, I think I was having one of those moments. Like, is is this worth it? Like, what are we doing? And she's like kicking stuff off the walls and Thank goodness this one lady uh, in her 40s like had some grace on me and like helped to distract her and make some faces. But, you know, those are the moments you're just like, oh, my gosh, like this is awful. But if you prepare for those ahead of time and like know you're going to get through it and know that you kind of said it earlier, like everybody you think is staring at you, they're not. They're just looking and sometimes they're curious or um, 
inside judging you, of course, but they're not going to like. Or maybe it. just thankful that they're not going through it. Maybe yeah. that's more exactly. what it is. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. I think if you kind of just prepare yourself, like that's going to happen and whatever you can do to mitigate that. So having a million snacks, snacks <laughs> save everything. And you it's can true. all, I mean, like yeah. 90% of the time, I would say giving a snack fixes the problem. As I think that's still true for me. Yeah. I yeah. think, <laughs> right? If when Danny, Danny handed me mashed potatoes during fights, I think the fight would be over. Right. Like you're probably <laughs> for me. Just yeah. Parenting, like, I'm constantly right. thinking like, is she tired? Is she hungry? Like, what is, what does he need right now? Does he need to be changed? Like you're just constantly going through fixing those but mostly it's hungry and then you can kind of move forward at least distract them long enough to the next thing so actually on our flight to hawaii with cecilia we packed a cooler as one of our carry-ons and just filled it with snacks and food that's a genius idea and that was our carry-on and it had (laughs) i mean i had sandwiches and cheese and fruit i mean anything she could have wanted and we had it too and then we didn't have to buy food True. Other than whatever yep. I was eating at that stupid bookstore. Um, we gave her like a Amazon Fire tablet for kids, oh, yeah. and she just like. And she was one year old. It's amazing how quickly <laughs> kids get like addicted to technology. Like she just scrolled on that thing like a pro for six hours. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. just screens, just it pacifies kids like no other. I don't before. care what any parenting advice is about screens. Everyone is thankful for your kids scrolling when you're on a ten-hour flight. Yeah. No yeah. one. No one wants to hear your kid cry. You don't want to hear your kid cry. You don't even want your kid to cry for their own, you know, well-being. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. fuck screen time rules on a flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't apply. And that's when we got yeah. addicted to Coco Melon. <laughs> if you don't know what Coco Melon is, you will. <laughs> oh God. No, We're both yeah. like, like what waiting for I'm like, what? is that a food? <laughs> no, it's not. And anybody that knows kids listening to this uh we'll know about coco melon i hope we and get comments was, about it <laughs> crack for babies well that's a good note then yeah, yeah. good to know I mean, it doesn't matter like what's going on and coco melon there's like a little theme song and then it's just like even miles he's seven months old and he'll like look up at the screen the second they hear it quiet. so oh. i guess one more question i have is just has you know traveling with the kids changed now that there's two i'm sure yes but like in what ways i guess there's so much stuff so much stuff there's like, a lot of shit how, yeah there's a lot of stuff how much stuff does one baby need like even going to like our grandma's house over christmas we were there for one night and our entire suv was packed like a tetris cube <laughs> of stuff like i just think like oh they don't really need that but they need they need everything mm-hmm. there's so much stuff so yeah it's <laughs> so, yeah it's not even that they need it it's just like you want to make sure you have everything just in case you know mm-hmm. they do need it at some right. point and yeah it's a lot especially when you used to like as an adult you just you pack your one bag right like you got the stuff you need and then you're good to go and it's like okay i'm prepared but when you have kids it's like what could they possibly need that we're not thinking about and you had to pack that and you had to pack extra and it's a lot yeah it is and now cecilia's over too so we have to pay for her so that sucks true has has she gotten easier or more difficult now that she can like move around and has more autonomy i guess of her own body i think it depends 
on like easier it depends on the situation like i mean you can't rationalize with her still it's right. like Drunk person in your house, like <laughs> I think she's better just because yeah, we've kind of learned. You enjoy her more, I think. I do enjoy. Yeah. Derek's not an infant. I'm not an either. infant person. They, yeah. they they annoy the hell out of me. Like they just scream at you, and <laughs> that doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> like yeah, they're not rational beings. They're not sentient humans yet, and they really <laughs> just annoy me sometimes. You know, yeah. kids. I mean, kids are annoying in general. I mean, but, I agree. Um, I've met like two kids total that I've ever really liked. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh but, yeah. they're they're both of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed. Ways. You know, just a yeah. lot more lately, just because she's there's a lot more just like unencumbered emotion that comes out, and it's really adorable and sweet and just like completely precious a lot of the time and not just like screaming because she wants something which is what miles does right now like, <laughs> at you and you know he wants something but you don't know what it is um, it's like doing your best for the hardest job of your life and you're doing the best you can and getting only negative feedback <laughs> always <laughs> to do it. no we can't wait for that that sounds so yeah. fun yeah it's yeah thrilling I mean, there's some positive feedback. (laughs) I think when Alexa and I were texting, I said something along the lines of like, we, you know, we'll have days where we're very sure we want to have be parents. And then we have days where we're still questioning it. And she said something along the lines of, oh, you're still going to have that even after you have kids. Yeah, like we're parents and we still wonder that as well. Like, we cut out for this. There are days, no doubt about it. I think that's fair and honest. And usually in the morning at like 5.30 when Miles is waking up for the day and I just got to sleep four hours before that. And I'm like, "Uh, what was I thinking? Especially like adult hangovers with children is like a special kind of hell that you couldn't have imagined yourself (laughs) doing. Like you just want to sleep more than anything in the entire world and you give anything to just not parent for the day, right? Like it's can't take a day off you can't take no. a day off you can't and you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and danny knows me man he knows i like to sleep <laughs> the guy yeah. loves his sleep <laughs> really and, loves to sleep and they've stolen it from me they've taken the thing i love most <laughs> <laughs> okay. and our kids are great sleepers they are very good sleepers so i'm gonna say i mean even on our best or like our worst days like we're in a lot better situation than some parents so i yeah. i'm thankful for that and i i mean i can't imagine having children that don't sleep mm-hmm. that it's would be like actually my biggest fear i know that's yeah. like the most insane biggest fear for becoming oh. a parent but it's you, you it's do, my biggest fear yeah, you do you need your sleep i sleep like yeah. eight nine ten hours a night and like i'm terrified i yeah. was that way too it, it would it changes your like and i always swear like i wasn't gonna mood. like i wasn't no gonna doubt. hear the baby if i because i sleep so hard like what if it they don't actually don't wake up or you do and I I mean, sometimes that happens and they're okay yeah. <laughs> we're i mean we're big advocates of i mean i didn't like strictly sleep train my house still gets up sometimes in the night but i really promoted healthy sleep habits and mm-hmm. thankfully they're both very good sleepers yeah i think that is a that's a blessing for yeah. sure yeah they're pretty good yeah, I complain just because it's, you know, I got to cope somehow, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Blame. You got to vent at least. Yeah. <laughs> it says they're just a baby. They don't know any better. But it's like, 
you know what? They should. <laughs> but you should. How long is that excuse going to last for? It's not going to last forever. <laughs> He's like, listen, man, we've been doing this for seven months. You should know by now how I feel about this. No, it's <laughs> I'm like a champion today. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, there's good days, bad days. But for yeah. me, it's definitely 100% worth all of the effort. But it is a lot of work. <laughs> It is a lot of effort. (laughs) Well, if you guys haven't, you know, figured out by now, this is going to be a two-part episode because we have plenty more questions for Derek and Alexa, but we are going to stop the episode and you will get more from them um, in the coming weeks. But we want to, you know, I know we're going to talk to you guys again, but we want to thank you so much. This so was, much. This was more than I had even expected. Yeah. I, you know, I was tearing up over here for a minute. She's having her moment. I thought it was great. And I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to get to talk to you guys more. And I might even add a couple more questions now that uh, I feel like I'm in my groove with you guys a little bit. And we, uh, yeah, I think it's been great. Good. Yeah, we feel the same way. And I try to keep things like as concise as I can. But if anybody out there has any questions or wants me to delve more into IVF, into traveling tips, into products or anything, I'm an open book and would be happy to talk more about Perfect. If we have anyone reach out, we will definitely uh, get them your contact information. And um, on that, Danny uh, always ends our episodes with a cheers. So Danny will lead us i i feel like we're out of drinks but he will lead us in a little cheers i guess an easy one just cheers to uh ringing in the new year 2022 starting off on a good note and a healthy note which is great so with that uh have a good day have a good fucking day (laughs) (laughs) cheers guys cheers